Welcome back to the Yellow Box Podcast. This week, we're joined by community pastor Ian Simpkins as we continue our series, Helping People Find Their Way Back to God. For more information, please visit us at www.communitychristian.org. And remember, you can always find us on Sundays at the Yellow Box at 9.30 a.m., 11.15 a.m., and 5 p.m. We hope to see you there. Well, good morning, Yellow Box. How are you? Is it weird to say, I feel like I've missed you. I missed you. It's good to see your smiling faces again. My name is Ian, and I am thrilled that you are here. Uh, Before we dive into the message this morning, uh, I want to take just a brief moment to address something that I think most all of us are aware of at this point, and that is the catastrophe in Houston due to Hurricane Harvey. Uh, I've seen images and stories and videos, and uh, if you're like me, I've found them just truly heartbreaking, terrifying in many instances, and Because we believe uh, that God calls us not just to simply pray for those who are in need, but to take action, to be a people of action and care. And so um, we want to encourage one another, yes, to not only uh, pray for those who are experiencing great and catastrophic loss, but to also be a people of action. We've partnered with Clear Creek Community Church in Houston. And uh, if you would like to give, I want to challenge you to give generously to the long-term restoration efforts because we know that it's not only loss of property, loss of home, loss of resources, but in some cases, uh, it's even been loss of life. And the Bible tells us that God is near the brokenhearted and this is a situation where many, many people are brokenhearted and we can be a people who help bring life, healing, and restoration into that community. So if you'd like to give, uh, I encourage you to follow the link on the screen. Um, But before we jump in right now, I'd love for us just to pray for those affected by this hurricane. And because um, this really feels like a family matter, I'm going to invite you to like just hold hands of the people next to you. We're going to go a little little church campground here for a second. Even if you don't know them, that's fine. Let's, yeah, because we're the people of God. We're the family of God. And um, let's let's pray for our brothers and sisters in Houston together. Uh, God, first and foremost, thank you for one more day, for breath in our lungs for the power of your presence, your spirit among us. Um, God, we know that uh, right now there are many people across the whole planet, not just in Houston, that are grieving. And so we pray specifically now for those who are experiencing pain and loss, that you would bring them comfort. Um, For those who are in need, that you would provide. And God, that we would be a people not just of prayer, but of action, who help restore your dream to a broken and hurting world. God, may our hearts be close to those um, who are in pain, who are feeling sorrowful, God, and help us, God, um, take action to help more and more people find their way back to you. We thank you, and we love you, and we pray all these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. <clears throat> I read a, uh, a story a couple weeks ago about a man in Arizona who was preparing to move, so uh, he thought he'd clean out his garage and uh, have a bit of a garage sale, so he invited his neighbors over, and as they were cleaning out the garage, they found an autographed poster of the L.A. Lakers. And the guy was like, dude, that's a big deal. You should get that appraised. And the guy was like, okay. So the appraiser came to the house and appraised this poster. And you want to know how much it was worth? A billion billion dollars. (laughs) It's the Lakers. Come on. Uh, (laughs) Close. $300. (laughs) You guys are like, this is the most... (laughs) The most underwhelming story of all time. (laughs) But while the appraiser was in the garage, 
he noticed something else. He noticed this painting. Anyone recognize this? This is a painting by someone named Jackson Pollock. It was believed to be missing for almost 25 years. And so this was then appraised, and you want to guess how much this was worth? $15 million. <laughs> That's a pretty good day, huh? But good news, it actually uh, is going up for auction at the end of this year for only $5 million. So if you want to go ahead and uh, sell some items, you can do also get in a bid yourself. Um, but I love stories like this, don't you? Like stories of finding hidden treasure. Like who among us has not dreamt of like going to garage sale and finding a harmonica Bob Dylan played or something like that? Like I just, I love these types of discoveries, finding some kind of treasure. And I think these stories are so fascinating to us. Well, today we're going to talk about finding a different kind of of treasure. As Sherry mentioned, this series is called Helping People Find Their Way Back to God, and it's all about our mission, which is on the count of three, one, two, three, helping people find their way back to God. Very good. If you're just joining us and you don't know what that's all about, this is such a good Sunday for you to be here, because you're going to actually get a chance to kind of peek behind the curtain of what's at the very center of who we are and who we want to become. Simply put, God created the world And we were in perfect community with God and with others. That was God's original dream for us. But as we talked about last weekend, our sin fractured that. It it created a distance, not only between us and God, but us and others. Many of you have experienced that firsthand. But God never gave up on that first initial dream, that intent for us to be in perfect harmony and community with him and with others. And so he made a way back to us through Jesus. So as you mentioned, this whole series is leading us up to a big day around here called Show Up Sunday, September 17th, where we are hoping that hundreds, if not thousands of people will begin their journey back to God. In fact, uh, if you were handed one of these cards when you came in, I want you to hold it up right now. Um, if, you, if you didn't get one, if you didn't get a card, would you just raise a hand and an usher would love to run you one right now. But on this card, though, we're kind of asking uh, this question here. Next slide, please. There we go. (laughs) Who are the five people in my life that I want to see find their way back to God? Who are the five people in my life that I want to see find their way back to God? And throughout this talk even, I want you to have this card out. And as a name comes to your mind, feel free to jot that down here on this card. So as we're thinking about that, as we're considering that question, I want to talk about the reason that we have to live out this mission. What's the, what's the motivation for living out this mission? And I want to share two short parables that Jesus gives in Matthew 13. He says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all that he had and bought the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Two of the shortest stories Ever Now, a couple of things. First and foremost, um, Jesus uses this language of the kingdom a lot, and I want to kind of set the record straight about what he's talking about. What he's not talking about are like plush accommodations in the sky sometime when you die. He's not, talk, he's not talking about cherubs with diapers and harps. That's, when he talks about the kingdom, that's not what he's referencing. What Jesus is talking about is a reality that's being ushered in the here and now through his followers. 
the bulk of the time that Jesus talks about the kingdom, it's not primarily about how to go to heaven when you die, but to how to live in the abundant life of the kingdom here and now. Now, uh, ancient Palestine was a pretty unstable place. They were fairly used to like bandits and marauders all the time. So it actually was a pretty common practice to bury your valuables in the ground whenever there was some sort of uprising. <clears throat> so you'd bury it in the ground, wait till the dust to settle, and then once the people had left, you would kind of dig it back up again. So you'd, you'd dig a hole, you'd get your widescreen and your 401k, and you'd put it in the ground and just sort of hope for the best. So I want you to picture this scene. I know these are quick stories. There's a guy, he's just out, right, walking through a field. It's like maybe a field that a bunch of other people walk through as well. And he, like his toe catches the corner of something. And he looks, he looks down, he like digs it up a little bit, and he opens it up, and it's, it's treasure. Like, like Pirates of the Caribbean treasure, like, like gold coins just buried in the ground. What would you be feeling in that moment? Happy? happy? Good, there's an honest person, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, you'd be happy, maybe a little bit confused, maybe a little bit, what, do I, what am I supposed to do with this? He, he stumbles upon a treasure that he wasn't looking for, but when he sees it, or at least part of it, he recognizes the value and then buries it back up. Now, people often ask, like, why would he, you know, why does he bury it back up? I think we all actually do this in a modern sense. I, my brothers and I used to, for years, we would, um, we would do, like, Black Friday deals, like, just for the fun of, like, watching people go insane. Uh, like, he never bought anything. we put on, like, a track suit, and we'd just, like, go running through the hallways at 5 a.m. and watching people throw elbows for a Nintendo. It was really fun. Um, one year we went to a, a store. This, was, this will show how old the story is. I found a, a GPS that was really sweet. Um, <laughs> so I picked up the GPS. It was a really great deal. And then I went to go buy it, and the line had like wrapped around the store like three times. And I was like, I ain't doing that. So what I did was I took the GPS, and uh, I buried it in the sweatpants... It's like, who's shopping on Black Friday for sweatpants? Nobody. Went and had like a full breakfast, came back two hours later, the line was practically gone, and I bought my GPS. Like, I own Black Friday. <laughs> People are starting to applaud. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. Um, so here's what the guy does. He discovers it, uh, buries it back up, and then he runs home, right? And he like... Like, puts the fine china on the front yard, tries to sell the baseball cards, like, liquidates everything. Everything that he has, uh, he sells. And for some of us, finding our way back to God was kind of like this. Like, you, you, you maybe kind of stumbled upon God. Like, someone maybe invited you somewhere that you weren't really expecting much. Maybe you just sort of stopped by at church. Maybe it was like an experience in your life, and you just sort of, like, woke up to the presence of something bigger than yourself. Maybe your story is like that first person, kind of just walking through life, and then God sort of surprised you. Now, the second guy is actively searching, right? His, his story is a little bit different. I think some of us found our way back to God that way as well. Maybe there was a circumstance or there was a crisis. Maybe, honestly, there was just this, like, nagging sense deep in your gut. You're like, there's got to be more than this. Right? I, think, I think I'm missing out on something big here. But in Jesus' stories, notice what both the men do when they find the treasure. What do both of the men do when they find the treasure? They sold all that they had. Everything. 
liquidated the whole operation. And how did they do it? It says, in his joy, he sold everything. Think about that. When was the last time you had like joy in just selling all of your stuff? Like typically, if you're selling all your stuff, you're like you're in trouble, right? You're trying to pay bills, or the, the mafia is coming after you, or something, something akin to that. There's there's a sense of like panic. If you're in the position you're selling everything, usually things aren't going well for you. But these two men sell everything joyfully so that they can get the treasure. Why would they do that? Seems crazy, right? I think the reason they did is that both men feel the treasure they found is worth giving everything else up for. So let me ask you this morning, what would you give everything else up for? Happiness? Comfort? Prestige? Power? Recognition? A half a second of silence in your house? Maybe Nickelback tickets, anyone? That's- But seriously, ask yourself this question. Would I sell everything I have for a restored relationship with God? Because in these two short stories, what Jesus is saying is I'm worth that. I'm worth the whole operation. And to be totally honest, and I'm someone, I've been in churches since I was about eight years old. I think often we forget the value of what we have in Jesus. I really do. I think for a lot of us, Jesus is kind of like that painting in our garage that's just sort of collecting dust, but it's worth millions of dollars. So if you're a Christ follower this morning, I want, I want us to let this question kind of linger in our heads this morning. Do I truly understand the value of the treasure I found? Do I truly understand what I have in Jesus? Do I understand the immense wealth in Jesus. When I see Jesus, does everything else become expendable? Because here are just a few things that we have in Jesus. In Jesus, we are adopted as sons and daughters. He sees us as children. In, in Jesus, we are dead to sin. We've been made alive in Christ. Our mistakes no longer define us. In Jesus, we have received eternal life. It means no matter what we face in life, you don't have to fear. In Jesus, there's no condemnation. We don't have to prove anything to God or to other people. In Jesus, our lives have purpose. God has a purpose for each and every one of us. In Jesus, we're free to approach the God of the universe with confidence. Confidence. In Jesus, we are no longer on the outside looking in, but instead, he gives us a place of belonging. And there are like 153 other places in the New Testament that tell us what we have in Jesus. Now, a lot of us have have found our way back to God right here at community. So here are just a few of those stories. What difference has finding my way back to God made in my life? And the answer is all of the things. All of my life is different since I've made the decision to be a Christ follower because God is ultimately in control and he is always faithful 100% of the time. The difference that finding my way back to God has had in my life is that it's given me identity and it's given me purpose. 
I went from a guy who had low self-esteem, um, who was just trying to walk in other people's shadows because I didn't think I was good enough, to a guy with uh, purpose after I found my way back to him. And now my focus has shifted, where, where more it's, it's not so much so about me, um, but it's about how can I share my story uh, to point people um, that I come in contact with to God. I often make choices or do things that push me away from God, maybe wouldn't have been God's first choice for my life. But regardless, God still chases after us, still wants a relationship with us, still loves us. And so for me, the biggest difference has been feeling God's presence when life is good, when life is tough, and especially when life is just normal. I think the secret of my finding my way back to God truly came from digging into his word and finding that it is so full of wonderful, tiny little things that help through the good days and the bad days. For me, finding my way back to God has been a journey of, of loving God and feeling like I'm loved by God also. Once I had that kind of picture in my head, it just made it really easy and personal for me to be able to accept that God just loves me and he just wants to know me and he wants me to love him back. The difference that finding my way back to God has made in my life is way more than what can fit on this short message. I have been shown who I am in Christ. I know my purpose, I know my worth, and I know God's love for me and God's love for all of humanity. The difference that finding my way back to God has made in my life is just being able to realize that he's the one who found me, that it wasn't by my works, it wasn't by my efforts that I was able to uh, attain or you know, earn the love of God. Where I was lost and where I was addicted and where I was so hard-hearted, God came in, he found me, he set me on his path to do what he wants me to do. By his grace, I found my way back to God. I gotta be honest, uh, I could watch stories like that all day long. Like to me, that's, that's, that's why I'm a pastor in the first place. I love stories like that. And for the next couple of weeks, we would love for you to share your story too. If you got a smartphone, you have a friend that has a smartphone, we'd love you to upload a picture or a photo or a video in the next couple of weeks and use that hashtag so we can tell more and more stories of people finding their way back to God. And one such story, one of my favorites, uh, happened right on this stage last weekend. Uh, there's a woman named Melinda that uh, my buddy John and I had the pleasure of baptizing, and her story was so beautiful. She talks about her, her parents getting divorced really early on and the siblings literally getting divided between the two parents. It was heartbreaking. So her and her sister went with her mom, who was an alcoholic, and that led to all sorts of other problems. She was later in life abused by her stepfather and his son, and was just filled with so many questions. God, how could you let this happen? And before we baptized her right here last weekend, I read her story and here's how she ended it. She said, I may not ever have the answers to all my questions, but what I have found is what I needed. A loving God who sent his son to die for me so that I could be welcomed into his family. A God who has rescued me from my past and gave me hope and a future. I mean, that, that'll, that'll preach. She, Melinda understood the treasure of what she found in Jesus. 
And I'll be the first to admit, it's, it's really easy to lose sight of that, isn't it? To, to kind of forget. So I think it's important that we, <clears throat> we recalibrate our perspectives. And there's actually something else about this treasure that sets it apart, and it's this, that when we share this treasure, it actually multiplies. That's the beauty of this treasure. When we share it, it multiplies. It kind of makes me think of this. Um, personally, I love a good steak. Anyone here love steak? To me, a good steak is, the ev- is evidence of two things. One, that there is a God, and two, that he loves us very much. That's, <laughs> praise him. But have you ever been like enjoying like a delicious meal and you, you take that first bite and if you're with someone you love, what do a lot of us tend to say right after we've tasted that first bite? Oh, you've got to try this, right? You gotta try this. Someone over here was like, this is mine. This is a different sermon altogether. <laughs> Some people like to share their food with the people they love because they know that watching the joy on their face, sharing something you love with the people you love multiplies the experience. It's like, it's like being at a game or being at a wedding. When everyone stands, you stand with them because giving that, sharing that multiplies the joy. In his second letter to the church in Corinth, the Apostle Paul says something pretty profound, I think, about his motivation to share this treasure. Here's what he says. It says, for Christ's love compels us. I love that idea. It doesn't, it doesn't guilt us. It doesn't shame us. It doesn't weigh us down. It says, this love of God, that's the driving engine. That's the, that's the motivating factor. When, when we experience the love of God, there's something like sharing a delicious meal. They're like, man, you've got to try this. You've got to try this. So let's go back to that question. Who are the five people in my life that I want to say, you've got to try this, man. You've, you've got to try this. You don't, you don't have to cross every T, dot every I. You don't have to have all your ducks in a row and have every doctrinal corner figured out. But who are the people in your life that you know could really use some hope, some love, some healing, some restoration that you would like to say, you've got to try this? So as we wrap up this morning, I want to issue just a, a quick three-part challenge. And the first is this. The first challenge is to seek. To seek. Maybe you're here this morning and you've not yet found your way back to God. You might be like the first guy and you're not, you're not really looking. You kind of came today. Maybe someone dragged you here. Someone guilted you here. Whatever it is, we're so glad that you're here. Maybe you're not really looking. Maybe you have been actively searching and looking, but you, you don't yet feel like you're experiencing it yet. I want, I want to say to, to both types of people, you, you're here today for a reason. Don't leave today without that treasure. Talk, talk to me, talk to our prayer team up front, talk to anyone with a lanyard in the lobby. We would so love to help you take your next steps in finding a way back to God. Second challenge is to sell. Second challenge is to, sh- to sell. I think maybe some of us here today and internally, the thought we're having is like, I know a lot about God, but I don't really feel like I'm experiencing God. There's a reason that Jesus' stories didn't end with these men just finding this treasure. What they did next is they sold everything to get it. They had to transfer their hope from all they had to take hold of this treasure. 
When we find that treasure, we still have a decision to make. Will we let go of everything that we used to look for, for satisfaction, significance? Will we loosen our white knuckle grip on trying to be good enough, smart enough, secure enough on our own? Will we let go of that so that we can actually say yes to God? Maybe we could say it this way this morning. What do I need to say no to in order to say yes to God? Maybe this morning you're feeling something in your gut. You're like, I've been relying on this thing or this idea or this objective or that attempt for far too long. And you know full well that leads to a place of exhaustion, a place of shame, a place of guilt. What's the thing in your life you need to say no to in order to say yes to God? I think so often we cling to trinkets instead of the treasure. Man, that we would cling to the true treasure of Jesus Christ. Friends, it it is worth everything. It's the best decision I've ever made. And it's not been without its bumps, but it is worth everything. And for those who have taken hold of that treasure, it's time to share. It's time to share. Who are the five people in your life that you want to see find their way back to God? I want you to, with me for a moment, just imagine a year from now, we're, we're in this actual room and, and your five are sitting next to you. And like, yeah, there's still questions. Yeah, there's still stuff to work out. Can, can you picture it? Can you see their faces right now? Can you imagine like what you're feeling in that moment as you like look down that row and you're like, man, brother, sister, mother, father, neighbor, coworker, that person that I've been longing for, I've been praying for. Can you imagine them sitting right here in this room, singing, learning, serving, receiving? Not just ideas, not just concepts, but the treasure of the new life found only in Jesus. How incredible would that be? And I'm confident that God is, is doing something really profound in our midst. And this isn't ultimately about someday in September. It's about helping people find their way back to him. God created us to be in community with him, community with others. This kingdom is a place where we live in relationship with God, not not just after we die sometime, but right here and now. Let's take the treasure, the life, the power, the presence that God has given us freely and bring it to a world so desperately in need of hope, healing, and restoration. Let's pray. God, thank you for the gift that we have in you. And I'll admit, God, there there's certainly been times that I think I've lost sight of that gift. I've lost sight of the treasure, what we really have in you, God. I pray that you would reignite our hearts for the passion for you, for the things of you. We're here this morning. We're not sure about any of this, God. I pray that you would give us the courage to, to just simply take a next step, to talk to someone, to say, God, I, I, I know that I need you. I don't know what that looks like, but I'm, I'm opting out of the rat race of trying to do this on my own. God, and may we be a people who don't just simply hear and sing and learn, but go live on mission together to help more and more people find their way back to you. We thank you. We love you. We pray all these things in the beautiful name of Jesus. Amen.
So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna actually take just a minute or two. I want you to take that card out right now. I'm gonna give you an opportunity to write down some real names of real people. And you're not turning it in. We're not asking you to post it online. You're not gonna be graded on it. This, this, is, this is for you. To actually put pen to paper. Like, who are the people in my life that I long to know God? Not just to know about God, but to experience the fullness of God. I want to challenge you to take that out. Write down a few names. I'll pray to close us in that moment, and then we'll celebrate communion together. for the names on these cards that are not just names at all people souls, stories children that you care deeply about God, I pray that this would be the beginning of hundreds and thousands of people finding their way back to you God give us the confidence and the courage and the boldness to share the treasure of you with others Thank you. We love you. We pray all of these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.